Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rich Friends. This week, we have one of my best friends on. Her name is Taylor Kingdon, and she talks all about what it's like to be in the YouTube world. She is a YouTube creator and beauty influencer full-time. She also works a little bit at Sephora as well uh, as a colorist, and she is super talented. The reason why I think you guys will love her episode specifically is because she talks about the process of getting monetized, kind of what it takes to, you know, not stay in a job even if it's like sucking your soul a little bit because I know she went from a normal nine to five and now her job is pretty creative so again she's really inspiring really smart so please enjoy this interview with Taylor hello hello I'm really excited that we're actually getting to talk in a more like fun formal setting which is kind of random because that's not how we're used to hanging out but but I know this feels very legitimate yeah but I'm excited to talk to you um, a little bit about makeup and just kind of curious to know like how you first got started yeah um, I filmed myself on my phone washing my face in my mom's bathroom and decided to upload it onto YouTube and I got some not awful feedback (laughs) so I took that as you should continue this and just kind of kept posting videos vlogs for the first month or so and then I slowly integrated more into makeup videos which is 99% of what I do now yeah I think a lot of people like have like the desire to start their own YouTube channel but I think that like so few people do because of like either confidence reasons or just like they're afraid of like what other people will think what kind of you know barrier kind of like stood in the way for you if any when you first started because I feel like you've been watching YouTube for years and it wasn't till like a couple years of you like watching YouTube like all the time that you started your channel. So I've been watching YouTube. I don't know exactly when. I would say since for sure I was like 14, 15. So I easily could have started at that point, but I had probably been watching YouTube for about six or seven years before I actually started posting my own videos. Barriers? I don't know. I guess it's like judgment and a confidence thing, of course. I was more worried about people that I was in a relationship with being judgmental about it for whatever reason. So when I finally started, it was a few month period of my life when I was single in the summer working at a corporate job and I wanted an outlet. I wanted a community. So I'd say that was a judgment factor for me for whatever reason. It seems crazy to think about now, but it was. And then also like the time consuming aspect of it. You, I mean, most people are age, you're working a full-time job or you're doing something that takes up a shit ton of your time. Even the being in a relationship thing, like the fact that I wasn't meant I had all that time to put into myself. Oh, also like I, f- I feel like a huge thing is technology and like production value so many people ask me what I use and they feel like you need to save up and have the same quality as the people that you're watching like the huge beauty people or the huge vloggers whoever you watch whatever their production value that you're currently watching isn't anywhere near what it was when they started so when you start it's not going to be what they have now. You have to take that into mind. When I first started, I was filming on my old iPhone. My first video I filmed sideways. 
I remember this. Figured that out. Someone literally left me a comment and was like, um, I think you're supposed to flip your phone around. Are you serious? You're yeah. Like, Leave it to YouTube to let you know. Great. <laughs> yeah. Good looking out. So yeah. And I kept doing that for a while and decided that I would save up and buy a camera when I hit 500 subscribers. That was kind of the milestone I set for myself. If I make it to 500, then clearly I'm regimented enough and serious and I deserve to buy myself a camera for doing that. So that's what I did. I bought my camera when I hit 500 and I've been on the same camera since. I wanted to talk to you too. What was it like transitioning from your, so you're no longer in that corporate job. You're now working at Sephora. How was that going from, you know, making beauty, like kind of like your hobby, whether it be beauty through like content on YouTube or beauty through like your everyday work? Like how has that transition been? Have you found that you still have the passion for the industry that you did when you first started? Yeah, totally. Um, The transition was very much needed, very much overdue. I was stifled in what I was doing, even though I had YouTube and that creative outlet it wasn't enough for me anymore. I feel like it kept me going for a year or two longer than maybe I otherwise would have because I had that extra outlet. But the longer I kept doing it, the more I couldn't stand doing anything but that. And I realized how much I needed to do something creative in any way, no matter what it was. So I decided to pursue makeup and beauty in the industry full time. I went to school, I guess it's worth saying. I went to school, got my undergrad in sociology honors, and then then after university, when I was working the corporate job, I did an online program through the Fashion Institute of New York, and it was beauty industry essentials. So that was kind of my first leap into wanting to pursue it. I did that when I was still working at my old job, realized that's what I really wanted to do, wanted to spend my time in, and decided to apply at Sephora. And then what was the course like in terms of like stuff that you learned there? Did you find it was like helpful and necessary? Or would you say like, if you want to join the beauty industry, you don't necessarily need that prerequisite? Yeah, I definitely don't think it's needed as a prerequisite. It depends what you're looking to do within the industry. And I could still see myself going in so many different avenues within the industry. But the course that I took was very much business focused, which is what I initially wanted to and could potentially still see myself doing within the industry, working for a corporate beauty major retailer um, in marketing and social media management, whatever that may be. So that's kind of why I took the course. And then working in Sephora, you learn a completely different side of it. You're hands-on. I definitely think what I learned is helpful and it will be helpful if I end up pursuing a more corporate avenue rather than being in the store, retail environment, makeup artistry, working with the consumers directly. But I think it was helpful, but not necessarily needed with your YouTube channel specifically. I really like how, you know, you do a variety of different makeup, especially Canadian makeup brands, which I think is like a really good, like specific niche. Like, do you have a lot of other, um, you know, Canadian like YouTubers, let's say that you'd want to collaborate with in the future? Um, Smaller ones, not so much. A lot of my good YouTube friends happen to be American, but in terms of bigger Canadian YouTubers, there's definitely a few, especially within the beauty community. They do exist. Um, Like if you're into makeup on YouTube, you'd know of like Samantha Ravindahl, Alana Davison, Jamie Page. Those are probably the top three. And they're 
pretty big in the game and they work with a lot of Canadian brands, which is nice to see um, because a lot of brands don't sell their products in Canada and then there's no point working with a Canadian influencer to promote those products, even though my demographics still are largely American. I forget the percentage difference, but it is still more American viewers that view my videos, but you still miss out on those certain opportunities. So it's nice to see that Canadian brands are supporting bigger and smaller creators. Um, The three girls that I just mentioned are relatively similar in age to me, but they seem so mature. They have their life together. They've kind of grown up in the industry, but they've still remained like genuine, normal people. And I feel like part of that honestly is like the Canadian in them. They're just, they're just, you're physically geographically removed from all the shit going on. Yeah. But then you're also just on your own. You're working with different brands. You're, I don't know, removed. It's different. Oh, fully. Like even when I'm in LA and then I've been home, like because of COVID for the past six months, like I've totally felt that like on my mental health and everything, just being in Canada, you feel like you get an ego check all the time because like, it's just different here in LA. Everybody wants to know like, oh, like what is your following count? What are your subscriber count? Like how many, you know, fans you have on social media or followers you have on social media. And I think that, you know, in Canada, people, it's It's not that we don't care, but like people care and value more like, okay, who are you as a person? You could have, don't you think like you could have a million subscribers tomorrow and none of our friends would really treat you any differently like they really wouldn't so I think that that's probably like the Canadian in us that has like that different kind of point of view as it comes to like social media success can you talk about the show or no I think so there's a new exciting show that you're a part of can you tell us about it I literally know nothing yeah I don't know a ton of details but it's a show on an online network which I feel like is the way of the future kind of um very similar to James Charles instant influence you okay. probably didn't watch that. I don't know. He had his own reality show oh. aired through YouTube, but it was incredibly successful, like full production value. And the people that won or even were on the show have received so much fame in the last few months. Like they have blown up. So it's essentially similar to that. I believe it's open internationally or at least within North America because it's American, but I was able to apply and ended up being cast for one of the episodes. So yeah, I was emailed with the opportunity, told to apply. Usually I wouldn't do something like that. I just don't like putting myself out there. I don't know. Once you get to a certain age, you're like, I'll just do it. Why not? So I put together my application video and yeah, they told me I was going to be on an episode. So I'm supposed to be on the first episode and it's essentially looking for the next big beauty influencer. That's so cool. So you said you don't want to really do the um, backstage stuff. What's kind of the, you know, thought around makeup at the moment? Because I know it's probably always changing. I think it's cute that you always tell me that like after work, you're like, I loved when like a mom and her daughter came in. Oh, mom and daughters are my favorite. Yeah. And you're like, I got to help them with beauty and makeup and like just make them feel comfortable. Like, is that? Yeah. I don't know. Working at Sephora, there's such, I don't want to say there's a stigma around it because that's just stupid, but 
I know previously, like when I was growing up, it was a little bit intimidating to go into Sephora when you're just learning stuff or you watch from the comfort of your home and you think you're a pro, but you know you're not. And then you go into the store and try and sound like you know what you're talking about, but you don't. Or you feel like you need to come in with full makeup on or you'll be judged or you have acne and you want help, but you don't want to show someone your skin and it's vulnerable. So I love being able to help people through that. And it's like none of it is that serious. It's just makeup. Obviously, I'm going to want you to feel as comfortable as you possibly can. But yeah, I'm always told by friends and family, Sephora is intimidating. The workers, they are rude. They think they can do their makeup and they're better than you. All of my coworkers are the sweetest humans ever. And I love being able to talk to girls, mom and daughters, especially because I just love talking to my mom about makeup and doing like self-care nights and stuff. That's always been a thing that we do. So I love being able to connect with people on a personal level. It just always feels more genuine and you're not, you're not going out of your way to sell. It's just, you're genuinely letting them know this is the best of the best. This is what I think you'll like. This is what I know based on my experience. Yeah. I love helping people. I think that's good though too because like you actually know the value of a dollar yourself just because like you get it like you're not you're not someone who like like you have to like budget your own makeup too. Yeah I do love about Sephora that we're not commission based so I mean if you come in and you really like me you can get feedback on the website whatever talk to a manager but we're not commission based so you're not pushed in the same way as most retailers are especially makeup retailers like high street department stores whatever it is they're all commissioned they're selling you because they need money Mm -hmm. they need to meet their numbers yeah like we still have numbers we still have budgets but it's not as serious it's not all on you it's a community team thing oh really i didn't know that yeah let's say though you go on this show and you become the next blow up james charles from his show would you ever move to just youtube and like just doing that i guess i mean at a certain point i feel like you almost have to because you're running yourself down if you don't if you're trying to do both you just can't give your all right now i'm working doing both fully part-time so i do both about 30 hours a week i would say but that equals a 60 hour work week instead of like 40 yeah yeah don't like give or take whatever but you also work on the weekends all the time yeah like you don't you have a seven day work week yeah it completely varies especially with retail because I'm not full-time and I've made that decision not to be full-time and have regulated hours because I want to pursue all the other creative stuff that I'm doing that means that my schedule varies every week so this week I have four days off quote unquote from Sephora but I'm still filming every single day posting editing taking photos signing contracts whatever I might give myself one actual day off a week and then evenings you know but then I work three days in a row at Sephora and then next week for example is every other day I'm doing Sephora or YouTube Instagram whatever it may be and it usually varies like that in a month so it's hard to maintain a like standard posting schedule I don't have one because of that mainly which I'm okay with as long as I get two to three videos up a week one worst case I'm okay if they're not the same time every single week that's what I I don't know that's kind of what I have to do right now so I'm okay with that yeah and I I think it's good that you don't put too much pressure on yourself because you have a lot of other things going on and then you were telling me about this interesting thing that Sephora is doing where they're doing like the uber for makeup can we talk about that because I did not know that that existed yeah I mean I only found out I mean maybe it's been like that in the states for a while but at least in Canada I believe it is through uber I don't think you can do it through any other 
like ride share. I don't know. But yeah, we had some guy come in the other day who was picking up products for someone um, and then bringing them to her house. So essentially like ordering food, whatever. He had like his Uber bag, like you would put food in. That's crazy. Like Uber Eats. So can you imagine you woke up and you're like, I need some makeup delivered ASAP. I mean, I get what the current circumstances like, yes, we're in Canada, but the pandemic is still. Oh, it's real. Present. Like we're still being so cautious in stores. I completely understand that aspect, but also you can just order online. Yeah, that's true. Especially Sephora. We have almost next day delivery. We have our own delivery service now. We legitimately have a fleet of Sephora cars that have our logo all over them and we deliver on weekends. So if you order on a Thursday, you're going to get your mascara on like Saturday night. See. Yeah. Or like send your brother to the mall. Like I don't <laughs> send your I don't friend. know. You'd be like Ben. Go. I really don't get it. But like if the company's making money and the person's fine doing it, like cool. Yeah. I kind of want to get slightly deep. Um, I don't know if you can say no if you're not comfortable talking about this, but I know that like you're someone who sometimes has a little bit of anxiety. And I think since you started like YouTube and makeup and like going into this industry, I've personally noticed like your anxiety has lowered a lot just like as a friend. I think, I mean, it's totally a personal thing. Like I've always said that my self-confidence everyone has the things that they pick apart and obviously I have physical things but my issues with self-confidence has always been like my personality and like talking to people instead of like how my body looks which is a good thing and a bad thing but yeah so for certain people YouTube and social media would worsen your anxiety or your insecurities or your mental health in general if you have those outer insecurities maybe not necessarily but that's what most people would assume especially if you're doing makeup videos yeah there's going to be people who comment on my videos being like ew your skin looks like shit I don't really care about that yeah I would be more offended if someone was like you seem like a really awkward person I'd never want to hang out with you okay that's terrible (laughs) not that that Literally, I never get hate comments sometimes, but rarely. YouTube and Instagram has helped me in ways that I can't even begin to explain. Like just the self-confidence, doing things on my own, like owning my YouTube and planning everything myself and editing myself and talking to brands myself and doing everything myself. That's a huge thing for me. And then also all the amazing people that I've met online, the community that I have, I've traveled to meet friends. I hang out with friends that I've met from YouTube on a regular basis. I'm going to take photos with a girl tomorrow. Like none of those things would happen if I hadn't done YouTube. Well, and it's funny because people like you are, it's funny you say that you're an introvert. Like you are like people meet you and it's first like even like, okay, our friend Carly always does the preface of like, Taylor's not a bitch. She's just quiet okay and she has to like preface that and it's like like when you see your youtube i think because you have total control over everything you're posting and you have total control over the creative like it probably does like take that anxiety maybe a little bit away um and you're not put on the spot and you're not like you can do things in your own time yeah it fully is a control thing too like i like being able to control how i'm perceived i mean i guess all people do but I don't know. Yeah, that's my outlet. I can act as crazy as I want and post that and feel comfortable doing that and take my time to film. Like the amount of things that I edit out, I start every video saying, hey guys, I probably film 50 clips those every single time. (laughs) It's 
awful, but that's how it is. And you wouldn't know that by watching my no. videos at all. My mom, my brother know because they live with me and they freaking hate it. <laughs> but that's that's what it is. But in real life, you can't do that. Yeah. So that's kind of where I get tripped up. Like in real life, I'm such an observer and I take my time to formulate my thoughts and like take in the situation and like... I just take my time with things and I'm able to do that when I'm controlling all of my content and everything that I'm doing and how I'm showing myself to the world, how I'm showing up to the world and the internet. But in real life, it's so instant and overwhelming <laughs> for someone like me. So it's harder. That's, that's actually so true. Like I'm, it's, I'm someone who's known you like literally since the fourth grade. And I think that, you know, from knowing you, like you are someone that like you love more and more and more and more over time as you like open up to that person. And I think like you're someone you don't open up to everyone because when you do, you let out so much, like, you know, like it's, it's probably a lot. Like you, you take friendships like very seriously and your friendships that you have had have been like like lifelong friendships and so I think it just takes you a little bit longer to get there and then you obviously do have like awkward quirks that are kind of like fun and like whatever um and I think that like not everybody's gonna get your sense of humor and like that's fine but I think that like with YouTube it's always been something that you're super comfortable with and you've always known a lot more about YouTube and makeup and that's kind of always been your thing yeah. It's funny, though, that like you asked me, what's your main goal with your YouTube and where do you want to take things? And I say like putting more of my personality into it, because even with that, like personality insecurity and like putting myself out there, that's part of it. Like I edit a lot of that out even still. So it's still something that I'm working on, obviously. But yeah, doing it and getting used to it is definitely helping in my life outside of YouTube as well, like tremendously so. It's just another outlet. It's something that I can do to focus on myself. And when you're feeling shitty, you can put everything you have into it. Or even if you're not into filming one day, you can just like edit all day and you still feel like you're doing something productive, especially for someone who like does suffer with anxiety and like depressive episodes. It's nice to be able to do something smaller for yourself and feel productive even though it's not productive in the way that a lot of people imagine productivity to be so it's nice that you can still invest time in yourself and create and yeah it's just a really good outlet before we wrap up i want to know what's your like go-to these days favorite self-care a thing so it could be like a face mask it could be just like even like a scent or like literally any sort of product that you're using these days that has helped with your self-care i would say reading though in all honesty it especially with the internet and like being on social media and stuff reading is the only time that i ever really put my phone away and like don't do anything else for hours at a time if I'm watching Netflix I'm also on my phone I might also be editing like I do so many things at a time reading is the only thing where I'm literally just reading and That's also really my weighted blanket thank you've covered literally pretty much everything do you have anything you want to kind of close with anything you think I missed I don't think so. I mean, it'll be nice to look back on this however long from now, you know? It's nice to have, like, little check-in periods with yourself because I don't always, like vocalize where my head is at with my YouTube and my content creation and apparently my dating life and like other shit going on mental health like it's nice to have that vocal 
therapy in a sense like you don't always talk about that kind of stuff to people especially in a format where you can actually listen back to it and be like oh I guess I was doing okay then or like I wasn't I thought I was doing okay again then but I'm doing even better now so who knows it'll be interesting to listen to like a year from now and see where I'm at yeah and I think like obviously when hopefully when um stuff kind of calms down with COVID I'm hoping to have like like I want you to come to LA or I'm going to come back to Toronto at some point and we can record another one of these like let's say in a year from now or something like that but where can people where can people find you give us your handle all right so it's just Instagram and YouTube I've been avoiding TikTok like the plague I don't want to do it and I don't put out any of my other socials or anything so YouTube is Taylor Elizabeth um, and then Instagram is Taylor Elizabeth style but you can find both linked in the other so go follow her go like go comment and subscribe to all of her social medias um, both instagram and youtube taylor posts amazing videos and yeah thank you for being here and sitting down and, and doing this it was really fun no problem it was a good time I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Taylor. Obviously, as you know, she is one of my best friends. So it was really great to kind of catch up with her. And as she said, just kind of like do a check in with each other. If you like that episode and want to know more about the podcast, please check out Sick Bird Productions on Instagram. S-I-C-K-B-I-R-D Productions on Instagram. That's where we'll be sharing all the updates on the show, as well as all of the work that my company is doing. And as well, finally, if you're a creator and if you're interested in, you know, potentially collaborating with us, always reach out. We're always looking to hire new amazing talent. So thank you so much, guys. Oh, and as you know, we will be doing episodes every single week. So keep going on this journey with me. Obviously, I'm trying to figure things out as a business owner in the middle of COVID right now. We switch gears and go more financial some weeks and other weeks it's more creative. So excited to have you guys along for the ride.